Hey, this is Preston Stewart. Thanks for listening. And if you get a chance, it'd mean a lot if you could make it over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. Helps others to find the show. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. What's going on, everyone? My name is Preston Stewart, and this is the Full Send Podcast. And today I thought we would dive into the results from phase one of the 2020 CrossFit Games. Now, as a reminder, the 2020 games are a little bit different. It's not one big week-long in-person competition, but just like so many things have changed this year, the CrossFit Games broke out into two phases. Phase one that is now complete had 30 men and 30 women that were selected from the open as well as a handful of sanctionals, those that were actually able to, to complete their event before so many of these lockdowns took place. And we ended up with 30 men and 30 women. They were competing for five slots each to go out to Aromas, California in late October to compete in person for the title of Fittest on Earth and CrossFit Games champion. So phase one was an online competition that was done around the world. The athletes could, could stay in their home countries. They could stay, in some cases, I think people were working out in their garage gym. CrossFit sent judges to each location as well as um, maybe not pieces of equipment, but at least a jump rope that the judges took with them for uh, for event seven. And the athletes would complete their workout during a block of time that was local. You know, 9 a.m. to noon was one of the uh, time blocks, for instance. They complete two workouts. The judge would com- com- or, uh, submit the score. And then a couple times throughout the weekend, CrossFit would update the leaderboard and do a little show talking about where everybody stood. So it was interesting. It was different. It was new. Um, I think it went well. I haven't heard anything yet that was was crazy off. The fact that everybody's scores were in by the time these shows, uh, by the time, by the what appears to be the deadline, um, it doesn't look like anything was crazy. So anyways, I think it, I think phase one logistically went well, but that takes us into something that I want to spend just a minute or two to talk about here. And, and I think it'll end up coming up again in the future, just because it's such a common theme, but it's, it's that, you know, we'll talk about the programming from the games. Was it perfect? No, of course it wasn't perfect, but that's the nature of the sport. That's the nature of sports. That's, that's how this works. And I think there's going to be a lot of content, a lot of commentary about this could have been better or that was, was bad. Or, you know, the the common question that we hear over and over again is, is this a legitimate test to find the fittest on earth? And is this the right way to crown the CrossFit Games champion? But, but it's never going to be perfect. First off, I don't know what perfect looks like. I have a sneaky feeling that the closer we get to perfect, the more boring it, it becomes to watch, but sports aren't perfect. So I come from a, I played a lot of golf, watched a lot of golf. And I think that there's a very close comparison between professional golf and CrossFit. And this is one of those examples where, you know, for instance, the U.S. Open is one of the majors in golf. It's, it's one of the most important tournaments of the year. And it's played at a different course every year. Now, we'll use two of the, the more common ones. There's Pebble Beach out in California. It's played there often, and then it's or it has been played there quite a few times. And then Bethpage Black is a public course in New York that's been played at a couple times as well. That's a totally different course in a different state with different grass and different trees 
different climates, different sides of the country with a different field of players. Um, they're very, very, very different. Shorter, longer, on the ocean, not on the ocean. I just, but but the the champion at Pebble Beach does not look at the champion at Bethpage and say, well, that's not legitimate. That doesn't count. Because they both had the same challenge in front of them. They had to beat a field at the given task. The given task one year might be at Bethpage Black. The given task another year might be at Pebble Beach. One is not better or worse. They're just different. That is the U.S. Open. And, you know, how about, how about an easy football analogy? If it's pouring down rain or snow and the field is an absolute mess and the quarterback can't throw and the receivers can't catch, you don't say that game doesn't count. It's still part of the sport. It's just different. Everybody has to play by the same rules. The rules didn't change. But it's this twist within the sport that makes it entertaining. That, to me, is often how I look at the programming within any of, the, within any of these events or the games or the Open. It's, it's everybody's doing the same thing. And as long as there's no deliberate, unfair advantage, then it's sport. And what makes that fun is that the best, you know, what we might think is the best doesn't always win. In golf, the course fits different people in a different way. It's the same in CrossFit, right? Certain events fit certain people more than others. That doesn't mean that it's a bad event. It just means that it's different. But that's the sport. Things are going to be different. Things are going to um, impact the outcomes differently. So I'll leave that for now. But I, I imagine uh, we'll dive back into that at a later date. But let's dive into the finishers for phase one finishers, the top five and top five Top five men and top five women for phase one of the 2020 games. Now, we're just going to hit these at a high level because we're going to do a podcast later on that dives into each athlete a little more in depth. But starting with the men, Matt Fraser finished in first with 656 points. He kind of crushed this, kind of ran away with it. Um, I think 170 points um, separated him and the second place finisher. Fraser won four events four out of the seven and the three that he didn't win would be expected. He didn't win the one rep max front squat. He didn't win the 1000 meter row and he didn't win the handstand hold. And if you looked at the programming before it came out, I think that's prop. And somebody said, Hey, where is Fraser vulnerable? I think those are three places that people would have identified. He's pretty darn strong, but there's also some beasts in this field. He, the the 1,000 meter row, it's just not, it's one of those examples of it's just not designed for him. He's a great rower, but he's, he's, he's competing against guys that are taller, lankier, strong, you know, stronger, bigger. It's just designed more for, for those guys. And then the handstand hold, that was kind of a crapshoot. And we've talked about that before. Nobody really knew where that was going to shake out with everyone. But here's the thing those are the three, you know, quote, weakness workouts for Fraser. He got fourth in the front squat, eighth in the thousand meter row, and second in the handstand hold. So if his weakness events, he finishes top 10, um, that's going to be a problem for the rest of the field. But anyways, Fraser moves on, kind of pretty well expected. Second place is awesome. Noah Olson, 488 points um, behind Fraser, 656. So quite a bit back. Um, a big part of that, I think, is, well, Fraser was running away with it either way, but Olsen finished with a 20th in the final workout awful Annie, 
with a better finish there, he would have at least been, um, you know, in the five hundreds with, uh, still a ways back from Fraser, but, but it wouldn't look as, as quite of a discrepancy there, but this is great. This is, you know, Noel Olson finished 2019 in second place after the last games. And I love seeing that he has, you know, maintained maybe is the way to say it. And I'm, I'm sure improved, but seeing him in the second place spot again, that's awesome. And I can't wait to see he and Fraser go head to head in California in a month. Third place games rookie Justin Medeiros, I believe, got his spot t- into this 30 from the filthy 150. Um, but he had a solid showing. His worst play, his worst finish was 19th in Damn Diane. So pretty consistent. And it, you know, th- there tend to be a couple ways that people work their way into the top five. It's either some really high and really low finishes or consistent, right? Medeiros is consistent. Nothing worse than a 19th. In fourth, if you want to talk about consistent, is Samuel Quant. Quant um, also had, let's see, he put five events in the top 10. That's hard to beat. So if you can finish five times in the top 10, you're pretty well securing your spot um, within the top five, especially just through seven events. So solid showing from Quant. And then fifth place is Jeffrey Adler out of Canada. Now, Adler is... uh, this would have been if this was a live event. Adler is one that would have uh, had you on the edge of your seat because he had these. He was doing well. He had a sixth and a seventh and another sixth, but then he threw out a twenty seventh on the handstand hold, which was the sixth event, which dropped him out of. Um, actually, he might have still been in the top top five, six, seven there, but a twenty seventh going into the final event would have had you right on the edge of the seat trying to see how he finished. He got ninth in the final event and qualified by two points. So he finished with 420 points, earning the fifth qualifying spot to Aromas. Sixth place, Chandler Smith, 418 points, two points back. So that race there between Adler, Smith, and then in seventh is Janikowski at 410, and eighth is BKG at 406, and ninth, Patrick Vellner at 405. That group of four, five, six, that would have been a lot of fun to see in person. And when you're watching the, the video version of this, it's just not, it doesn't even compare because they don't know where they stand next to each other on this. So solid showing there. Um, a couple men to to bring up that I'm going to throw in the surprising camp, maybe. Roman Krenikov finished 13th overall. Um that's fine. You know, something to keep in mind here is, you know, we can say he finished 13th in the CrossFit games. That's awesome. That's such an impressive finish. It's just that his name's kind of been thrown out there as maybe being able to give Matt a run for his money at certain times or with certain events. So really would have been fun to see him make it into the top five, but pretty early on kind of dug himself into a hole. His first three events were 19th, 27th, and 26th. It's really hard to crawl crawl out from that. So Kritikov, um, nice that he was able to participate because that's been an issue in the past, but um, we'll have to wait wait until another year to see if he's really able to give give Fraser a run. The other two that stood out, Brent Fakowski finished in 15th. And I don't think that shows, he made a jump up the leaderboard right at the end. He finished second in event seven. Um, but this was another one where he just started out so low that it was 
just going to be a challenge to dig out. He, his first three were 27th, 22nd, and 22nd. That's frustrating. I, you know, especially because Fikowski got cut, not early, but in the middle of, of the games last year. Um, I was hoping to see him move on to the in-person phase. But again, somebody else will have to wait for uh, next year as well. And the last one to bring up here on the men's side, Saxon Pancheck uh, finished 21st. I just bring him up because he was in the top 10 last year at the games. He He's in the camp um, with a lot of these folks where he did well in the last event, got eighth, but just a lot of finishes between you know, 28, 18, 13, 19, 16, 11, just middle of the pack. Um, this is a heck of a crowd, so middle of the pack is, is, is nothing to, to be ashamed of, but Anyways, thought maybe he, he would finish up a little higher. Kind of kind of expected him in top 15, to be honest. So 21 instead of 15, not crazy, but um, again, a top 10 finisher from last year. Now, moving on to the women's side. Tia Claire Toomey finishes in first. She also won four events, and it's kind of similar to the events that Matt Fraser didn't win. She did win the one rep max front squat. She did not win the 1,000-meter row and did not win the handstand hold and did not win Nasty Nancy. Now, the 1,000-meter row, similar to Fraser, like, it's fine. There's other athletes that are going to be better suited for that workout. But one thing that's interesting is she and Matt both didn't win the handstand hold, but as in because they're training together and they have, they're following similar programming, um, it's interesting that that, that – Neither one of them won that one, maybe. I mean, I'm kind of stretching for something to talk about there because Matt got second, Tia got 16th. So neither one of those are, are really bad. But again, Tia kind of ran away with this, finishing ahead of second place, Brooke Wells. Tia at 6.15, Brooke Wells at 5.80. But Brooke Wells might have had the most impressive performance of the games thus far. On the women's side... She's the only one to have no finishes outside the top 10. The only other person in the games to do that is Fraser. That's crazy. So Brooke Wells went third, 10th, third, fifth, fifth, eighth, third. That's awesome. And I wonder, I know that she was pretty frustrated, as were a lot of athletes last year after the 2019 cuts. And I wonder if she kind of uh, kind of dug in here and said, I'm going to make up for it. But that was a crazy performance by Brooke Wells. Moving down the list, we've got Haley Adams. Um, Haley Adams, same thing that we were talking about with some other athletes where you see a few of these things step out. One is the one rep max front squat. And it was kind of like, well, we know that Haley's not the strongest in the field. And it showed she got 26th in that. But she also followed that up with five out of the seven events in the top six. Like, well, that'll work. She had a fifth, a sixth, and three fourths. She finished fourth, fourth, fourth. So again, solid performance, Haley Adams, which is really cool to see because last year as a rookie in the elite division, it's really cool to see her coming back. That wasn't, you know, a flash in the pan. She's uh, hopefully here for, for the long haul. Fourth place, kind of a comeback, which is really cool. Uh, Captain David's daughter didn't start out real well. 12th, 27th, and 11th. Um, the 11th, not bad that 27th in the one at max front squat really put her in a hole, but she finished shot out of a cannon fourth, first, first, seventh. So there you go from the old champ. Um, that is 
awesome. That is a heck of a way to kind of put the pedal to the metal and, uh, and finish in fourth place, earning her spot out to California. Finally, in fifth place. Now, this was a super tight race between fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. So really going into the last event, there were about eight women that had a legitimate chance of making it. The woman that would make it is Carrie Pierce. Pierce was a little bit all over the map here. We saw some, some solid finishes with a second, an eighth, and a fourth, but then also threw in a little lower ones at 19th. I guess the, the, the lowest finish is 19th. So um, ending with an eighth got her into that top five position, just two points ahead of Kristen Holta. So Carrie Pierce finishes at 451, Kristen Holta 449, right behind her, Amanda Barnhart 446, and right behind her, Cara Saunders at 444. So that means you have four women within seven points of that last qualifying spot. That was a tight race. That too would have been so much fun to watch in person. But what are you going to do? That's not uh, that's not what we have available this year. So in terms of some misses on the women's side, uh, a few that stand out. Sam Briggs finishing in 25th. Um, you know, I, I don't know, just was thought top 15 generally. Maybe she could get there. Um, she only had uh, two finishes in the top 15, though, so not, not set up well for Sam Briggs. Laura Horvath finished in 24th. And what's interesting here is, you know, the, the handstand push-up event, damn Diane, you know, she, she wasn't able to finish. So that, of course, drops her down the leaderboard. But that wasn't it. She only had one event in the top 10. And so if you remove that event, you know, her last place finish, only one, one finish in the top 10 is not going not gonna to get it done. And I think... I don't know, just thought that she would uh, perform in a few more of these. Maybe they weren't up her alley as much. And and quite frankly, you never know what happens to the mental game when there's a workout like that that shows up that you know you're going to struggle with. Um, so anyways, Laura Horvath in 24th. And the last one I think caught everyone by surprise, Sarah Sigmund's daughter finishes in 21st. So she did a little work kind of towards the back end, finished in fifth in the last event, but um, – just lower than expected. I mean, she had a pretty good, what did she win? Three sanctionals in a row, two or three in a row. I mean, she was awesome to get the year started. Um, and this is, you know, it's, it's, we're in a totally different place now than when she was winning those sanctionals. But I think a lot of people were expecting to see her certainly in the top five and, and maybe even given Tia a run for the, uh, for the number one overall spot. But again, like so many of these others, we'll wait till next year. So what's coming up next? Um, next, we're going to dive into a little more detail with each one of the athletes or, you know, talking about each one of the athletes a little bit more, give you some background and uh, kind of what to look for as we get into the games. And then if we get any sort of information released about the events and about the schedule at the CrossFit game or at the phase two of the games in Aromas from 19 to 25 October, we'll also put together an episode to talk about that. But I think that'll do it for today with a wrap-up of Phase 1 of the 2020 CrossFit Games. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon.